did you, have you have you watched the show Only Murders in the Building? Uh, of course, yeah, both seasons. <laughs> okay, so I've I have not watched both seasons, but I finally finished the first season tonight. Before did I watched you? before I watched American Horror Story, yeah, it's just been, you know, we, we when you have an infant, it was we we, yeah. we waited too long on it, and then it was like, all right, let's watch it, and then it's just hard to get it oh, in i know how it goes i'm not caught up with stranger things um but i will say that only murders is fantastic and man you had a murder mystery kick that's kind of fun i love a good murder mystery agatha christie murder mysteries are like my jam but i loved um and also i love steve martin he's just one of my like favorite people playing students and automobiles is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time i think i've talked about that on this podcast yeah. before if we've gotten close to thanksgiving it's fantastic. and he he's up there with tom hanks for me just like one of those guys is just love him but um anyway i finally finished it and it was good i thought it was pretty good although i definitely um pinpointed the murderer early on it's kind of obvious sometimes when no spoilers but when there's sort of a familiar or famous actor or actress um, that shows up as a peripheral person and you're like you're a little too big of a name to be playing such a side part it's how I felt Maybe. about the first season. So, so what you're telling me is Patty Lapone is, <laughs> yeah, the killer is the killer in American Horror Story NYC. Well, and a lot of the things that you talked about in the first episode in our thing in our recording was, you know, we haven't seen Big Daddy kill anyone yet. So, is it actually Big Daddy or is something else happening? Uh, I think I think there I might think, be multiple murders, but should we get into it? I, I was like, I, I think we should start our podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris, you said, what's up, everyone? Tyler, uh, good to see you. It's been a minute, literally a minute. It's been literally a minute. We are recording uh, our, because the episodes this season are being aired back to back, we are recording our podcast in separate episodes back to back, just so that way, if people want to listen in separate, you know, to each episode distinctly, you have that option without having to like, I don't know, for us to pause halfway through so that way we don't get spoilers or something like that. So uh, we did just record the first one. We are moving into episode two. It also puts us, as we've realized, in a kind of odd state every episode where we have to pretend, especially we're talking about the episode that was the beginning of the night, we have to pretend like we didn't know what happened in the next episode yet. So at least now we're in episode two. So I feel like, you know, there's nothing that we can't talk about at this point. It's all open game as far as I'm concerned. Very good point. Um, Also, probably a little more tipsy because we just had a drink in our first episode. So here we are. True. We're getting, yeah, you get, I guess you get us uh, a little bit more loaded in moving into episode. Oh, no. The second episode of the night every night. Um, man, uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can reach us um, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash American Horror Story. And you can send us, um, I don't know, you can DM us, you can comment, you can send us emails to this American Horror Story at gmail.com, um, theories, questions, whatever you want. Uh, background information it's all good stuff we try to respond we try to absorb it all i think tonight actually during the live episode i was chatting with um, a couple people on facebook messenger like live narrating the episodes that was kind of fun awesome um yeah so uh 
as I said, um, definitely feel free to interact with us in those places. Um, and then also, we uh, are trying to do this season, this episode, as uh, the episode previously, are going to be put up on YouTube um, at probably something along the lines of this American Horror Story podcast or just this American Horror Story on YouTube. So you can look for those pretty soon as well. Uh, before we dive into this episode, Chris, um, I guess, what are you drinking for this, <laughs> this episode? I, know I, re- you just I, yeah. I, re- I refilled my drink. I ran, ran upstairs and I grabbed uh, some more local cider and some more Four Roses bourbon and heated it up and it's delicious. What are you drinking, Tyler? You, did you switch it up? I, I, I just saw you switch it up. I did. I'm drinking a beer that's from a brewery uh, in the Berkshires, which is Western Massachusetts, which is like kind of hippie, hippie mountain country. Um, I don't know. It's a beautiful fall foliage. We did a little trip there with my parents when they were in town a couple of weeks ago. So I have some beer I brought back from there. It's pretty tasty. I know the Berkshires from a James Taylor song and from uh, Real Housewives of New York City. Yes, Sweet Baby James, <laughs> I believe, is the song you're referencing. I didn't did the real housewives in new york city go to the berkshires oh yeah there's there's a, a one of the wives there has has a house there that they go visit and it's always a good time but sweet baby james is probably one of my favorite songs of all time and it is a song that that's i want a, played at my funeral oh well um sorry for that song for some time <laughs> so beautiful anyway <laughs> that is lovely um Oh, but that said, that is what uh, our our beverage leading is tonight. Uh, will you, Chris, take us into the cold open for episode two? Thank you for your service. An actual cold open. So, um, we we have a 1981 TV that we we are on, and I do not know the name of the show or if it was a real show. Does someone know? I don't either. I was searching too. Yeah, I me like, too. I thought they said the person's name was Robin. Robin, was like yeah, Robin talk show. I, I was think googling like Robin Roberts pops yeah up. I couldn't find anything mm-hmm. I, MTV wasn't re- around then I don't think so it was just it looked like real footage so I think yeah. it's probably something real yeah. I just not know what it was so please someone who knows let us know because I want to know what that show was um but someone asked the question of the dancer and the TV show whatever anyway we pull away from the TV and we see Gino who last we last saw in the previous episode getting drugged and kidnapped Gino wakes up with someone kind of vacuuming all around him. He's sitting in a chair and he's his arms are tied or his wrists are tied together. He tries to break out of his restraints, but um, the person who is talking to him uh, injects him uh, with something and said, no, 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 you're awake. Not yet. Go back to sleep. And then he wakes up again a little bit later and he's now tied down to a bed and he's got a gag in his mouth. Um, he's muffled. He then starts to get injected with stuff under his fingernails which is such a disgusting like horrific thing uh torture type thing in my mind um and the kidnapper there says you know he's gonna feel some pain um and that he's gonna do something with his body but he's also like messed up with some of the previous people that he's done this to and that they the whoever he's serving like wants more of a holistic type thing it seems like um and then he tells him that he's made mistakes with others and that there's a war coming that will fix things uh but then as he's taking off Gino's shirt he sees a tattoo on his chest and he says oh no no oh no uh that won't do a fellow brother in arms 
you can't There's serve twice. Tattoo. Yeah. So I do not recognize what the tattoo was, but that language obviously tells me that this uh, Gino served in the military, as did um, the kidnapper. So he puts him back under and says, you know, you can tell the police whatever you want. They're not going to believe you. Uh, and then he also thanks him for her service. And then Gina wakes up in like a like one of those like adult arcade type situation uh, hole in the walls uh, in an adult store. And he stumbles out to the street where he just falls down and just is plainly ignored. Very New York City. And then we cut to the credits for the first time. Then we get our first credit sequence. A couple things from this opening scene that jumped out at me. One was the like meticulous nature of the killer when he's vacuuming, vacuuming. his rug and then like measuring the space between like the like oh, right. triangles it was very interesting behavior. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then also the whole speech. I think he'd said something too in there about like, you know, they being society, potentially being police, think we bleed differently, but we are all the same. And I think he says along the lines, like, I'm going to, we're going to show them that we bleed all the same. Um, there was some talk starting to foment around the end, like when this episode was going out about how part of this, I mean, interesting, obviously, that between this killer and then the big daddy killer, that our serial killers thus far are not necessarily people, you know, hate, you know, committing hate crimes on the gay community. It's people within the gay community. And there's thoughts that like ties back to, you know, HIV and kind of a metaphor for the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are a couple interesting things that lead us into our credit sequence. And what do you think of the credit sequence? To me, there was lots of viruses, leather, and cocktails. Yeah, uh, deer, uh, photography, cameras, uh, bondage, yeah, cells, some fit bodies, and yeah, needles, some hankies. I don't know. It was just, it was fine. It kind of reminds me of, I mean, it's not my favorite. Can I be honest? It was, it was just kind of like a lot of the images that we see that are thematic. The drinks, the, 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 the drinks are my favorite part. Yeah, that's true. The drinks. Yeah. They always are, Tyler. <laughs> they always are. Um, this episode was written by Ned Martell, Charlie Carver, who plays Adam in the series, mm-hmm. and Manny Cotto, who a longtime American Horror Story veteran as we said, did a lot of heavy lifting this season on American Horror Stories. Yeah. Um, both positive and negative. Yeah, right. Exactly. He's he's a um he's a lightning rod for for American Horror Story fans of the of the writing. Yep. And uh directed by Max Winkler. Um I believe also uh, been on American Horror Story for quite some time. He directed Ara um from this latest season of American Horror Stories, which was one of the better episodes for sure. Yeah. Um the naughty list from season one of American Horror Stories. One of your favorites. I mean, at the very least, you could say it was a creatively done episode, right? And then Take Me to Your Leader, which I think was from Death Valley. And I don't think we liked anything really from Death Valley, if I remember correctly. So that's, you know, you only can do so much with the writing. Um, But yeah, Max Winkler, respect for this one. He kind of has a tendency with his directing to take a little bit more inventive approaches. So um, I know you mentioned last episode, you felt some of this particular episode had... Uh, true, 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 I think, vibes. Definitely. And I love that. I appreciated that. I like that. Yeah. There's one particular shot that um, he did toward the end where it goes upside down. It's also very Stephen King. Like a lot of people do it, but it felt very true detective to me. The camera just goes uh, upside down and turns over as they're walking down the alleyway. And I thought that yeah, was I awesome. Remember. Yeah, that's at the very end, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This episode opens with Dr. Uh, Hannah Wells, Wells. Um, continuing to examine blood cells, but this this time it's not just in deer, it's in people. Um, and yeah. it's Sam who's at the, the doctor's office. So she's not just a, I, I, we assumed in the first episode she was a scientist, but it turns out she's actually a physician who treats people as well, which is interesting. Mm. It is interesting. And I believe the connection we're getting here is that Sam has HIV, right? Is that what we're supposed to be understanding? Is that what you're understanding at this point in time? That's what I'm understanding. She says he's got amoebas that are incredibly rare. She's seen it in like four people and these pills should help and get away with it. But in the meantime, refrain from sexual activity, which he's like, not going to do that. Not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll say my bad um, shirt, but it doesn't mean no one's going to come to my dad to meet me. Right. <laughs> Right. And then back in the in the um, waiting room, we have a cast of characters who it seems like are all exhibiting different, I believe, symptoms of HIV. Uh, I was looking this up a little bit, like especially like rashes and things. Um, I'll also say that the guy hiding behind the magazine who uh, his the actor's name is Jeff Hiller. Um, and I believe his character's name is like Mr. Whitey or something like White, that. Whitely, Whitely, White, Whitely. I wrote it to Mr. Whitey. Do you do you know him at all? Have you seen him anything? So my wife watched a Bridget Everett show somebody somewhere. So that is that what you've seen? That well? is what I was going to reference. I love that Steph watched that. It's a good show. I liked it, but he is great in it. And yeah, I mean, I like Bridget Everett, and so and I Bridget Everett was great too. Yeah. Show. yeah, it was um, a good show. Recommend it. So he, it takes he place makes, in Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> So this guy makes a funny comment about being bitten by his cat. Um, but so, and, and then we find out he also has a rash. Um, so to me, like, this is the guy who had Gino, right? Did you, did that occur to you? Like, I, I mean, I. 100%. Like 100%. It's got to be him. Yeah. Like his voice when he had Gino and he was talking to him, that that is the same voice and um, cadence and tone that that actor has. And so that is, that is him. It has to well, be. and I feel like too the fact that they had him talking behind a magazine before you see his face because it's supposed to be like oh you hear his voice first so it was kind of so yeah and especially because we spent so much time with Gino and just hearing the voice and just seeing the mouth like saying the words you know we're this is that person and if they if they pull the yeah. rug under us that's stupid but I don't think they I mean American Horror Story is very heavy handed so that's him well and this guy seems a little bit odd peculiar too as did. You know, our friend who's measuring the distance between his uh, vacuum uh, right. patterns. So so we get introduced to this guy in, in the office. Meanwhile, um, Adam is going to go see Gina who, uh, to talk about Sully, who's still missing. Uh, but meanwhile, Gina's like, I don't have time to be writing about your friend. I was just kidnapped. And here's my story. And no one cares at the police offices. And we yep. get kind of the um, follow up in which, you know, Gino was picked up off the street and dragged into the police office. And basically Patrick sees him come in and like pretends not to know him and then leaves, which I would, if I was Gino, I'd be pretty pissed about that too. Like furious. Pretend at to least, know him. Yes. Yes. Or not, not pretend, but like at least like go find out what happened if you care yeah. about him. Like, yeah. That's pretty yeah. rough. Patrick's not the most upstanding guy. No, so that was too bad. Um, but, you know, but basically, Gino's not going to um, beat around the bush with Adam at this point. He tells him that Sully's very likely dead. Um, and they both are, are pretty fired up at this point in time. And so Adam decides he's going to join um, 
during yeah. a newspaper, I guess, right? Well, he's like, let's set a hotline where people can call in. We can record their stories and just have an idea of what's going on in the community because they're like anonymous. They're it's no one wants to share anything. Um, and Gina says, I didn't think this was going to be a job interview. And Adam's like, me neither, which is kind of cute. And I like the two of them like teaming me up together. It was. And, th- and then we had so kind cute. of like the little the little like montage of the newspapers going out with the yeah. headlines and the flyers going up and everything. It was kind yeah. of like, you know, um, a good old fashioned uh, journalism, you know, sequence in a <laughs> movie. So love it. I appreciated that, too. Um, we also see Fran and her crew, Sandra Bernard showing back up in Gino's offices they're still angry that he's not writing about women uh but Gino's like I just don't have time I'm ringing some serious bells about this killer who's out there targeting Damon so Gino does say hey I have a double issue coming up for pride week because of advertising and I don't want to do two issues at once which as someone who's had to work on a double issue it's always a pain to have a double issue when it's out of cycle and you're not you know it's like twice as much work on a condensed period of time a lot of times um so Gino gives them a section of desks somewhere in the office to like go. Oh, I think like, a, de- a desk. A-, a desk for all three. And he's like, go write about pap smears or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is definitely how you get hired in journalism. But th- th- this whole storyline feels a little forced, um, but I'm also here for it. So. Oh, apparently Gino's budget is blossoming, but I will say the 80s was kind of the heyday of magazines and, you know, they had a lot more money in publishing at that point in time. So <laughs> maybe so. Uh, so, you know, they're out there, they're putting up flyers, everything like that. Well, basically the cops grab Adam because he's putting up, you know, flyers in newspapers accusing the cops of, you know, not caring about this stuff. So they're in the conference room. Patrick's in there too. Uh, eventually they open the door and bring in a cowboy and a jock strap to slap Adam across the face. Right. So it was a little bit, this is a little WTF to me. I don't know if you followed why this happened. Yeah. So obviously they're like, you know, they're roughing him up. That's not cool, but they're not like actually physically hitting him. They're just like um, harassing him. And then they have this giant person come in in a jock strap and slap him. Um, this, from what I've read, is a reference to the movie Cruising that does happen ah right okay the it's movie i promised everyone i would watch before i watch this movie which i am now going to re-promise that i will watch it before the next two episodes um but that is a reference from what i've read to that film which we've talked about which is a cop investigating a serial killer targeting the gay community who goes undercover to investigate what's happening so it's a lot of very similar sort of not similar but a similar premise i'll say and then this is a direct homage to it. Well, in that movie, do we know if, um, and maybe we don't know from the recap until you watch it, but was Al Pacino's character gay or was he just pretending to be gay to go undercover? He was pretending to be gay um, while undercover. But um, and, and we've talked about this in the preview episode of the season, but the at the time when the movie came out, it was not accepted by the queer community as, you know, or welcomed by the queer potentially being offensive yeah Yeah. and there were protests and 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 how it was disparaging to um the queer community and how serial killers and violence is not a part of that um world or that environment but um 30 40 years later looking at it, it, it it's gotten a lot softer of a response which is 
looking more deeper into Al Pacino, who plays the investigator in that, who he really was and what he was doing and like actually putting the queer community, the gay, particularly the, uh, the gay men in New York up on a, or highlighting the issues that were going on at the time. So I don't know, again, very nuanced take these days and I need to watch it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's good to know this, that as a reference because it's not a yeah. movie. I, I need to watch it too. It's just a movie that I haven't had an opportunity to yet. Um, but that, and that makes sense that that was a clear reference to something because it seems a little bit out of nowhere if you don't get the context, right? Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> Later in a holding cell, Patrick kind of um, approaches Adam with a peace offering on RC Cola. Love yeah, it. Slips it through the bars. Um, and Adam, Adam basically can tell that Patrick is gay. And he's like, do people, I mean, does anyone here know what's going on in Patrick's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like not covering it up very well. Um, so we see. A but yeah, he's like, but you should probably lay low. Otherwise, you're going to get shot by the police in your back. Um, but if you do see anything, do you sell my card? Give me a call. Right. So he's, yeah. Um, Adam's got a good read on Patrick for sure. He knows. He does. Um, Meanwhile, uh, we learned at last episode, we saw that montage in which Patrick was pulling down his like box of leather and handkerchiefs um, in secret while Barb shows up outside of Gino's newspaper office uh, to say that she's brought a box with her that she found hidden in the basement. And in it is it's another box of basically bandanas and chains and leather. Um, and she basically says, oh, you didn't know about this kind of kink of Patrick's either. He's been lying to you. And of course, I mean, we know for a fact that Gino doesn't know about it because Gino thought he was explaining this to Patrick last episode. Um, yeah. So let me just like, go oh. ahead and like, well, actually, I'm going to save it for the end. Um, but there's a little bit of a bonding experience here with Gino and uh, Barb. And have you seen, uh, I mean, I imagine you've seen Rent before, right? The the movie the musical yeah yeah musical yeah 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 so it it reminded me have you i like you know the song tango maureen Mm, i probably do in the in the movie version it's like they're talking about idina menzel but it's between uh i don't remember the actors names now but anyway the the idea is that like so idina menzel's character is the bisexual character and she dated the guy and now she's dating the woman and they have a song about like you know how she's like do they do it in a party I just I just know the song well. I don't I mean I don't remember okay. exactly where it occurs. Yeah. But the point being that you kind of have this interesting interchange between the couple where they're kind of like basically, you know, the former the former lover and the current lover, uh, where they're talking about like the, I know. The person, yeah, person. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't I don't know if I don't think it was necessarily an intentional rent rent homage, but it kind of felt like that to me. Yeah. No, 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 definitely. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love a good. I mean, it, it's this is American Horror Story. There's got to be some Broadway. Absolutely. Um, well, we do have Patty Lapone singing in a bathhouse again. <laughs> um, as Adam gets bailed out of uh, jail by his friend Morris, played by Beto Beltran, um, who is a theater actor, also I believe. And Morris is, I think, probably a dancer because, as we know, Morris's character is a dancer. Yep. And Morris is telling him about this big costume party that takes place in an old cargo ship loading warehouse who's apparently uh, apparently owned by some rich guy. Um, and 
Uh, I also liked here how Max Winkler kind of interspersed like the artists that were going to be it there. There's like a little flash of them. We already got like, yeah, hints of who they were. That was good. So we have reference points when we see them. That was fun. That felt a little Wes Anderson to me. Oh, yeah. I like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they go onto the subway. And actually, there's like this pretty creepy scene here on the subway where it's like it's dark, it's dirty, the lights are flashing. And so, like the subway can be kind of a creepy if you're like on a subway car by yourself, especially at night, especially late at night. Um, it can be a little bit creepy. Right. And I thought they captured it effectively here, even though it was daytime. I'm going to um, disagree. <laughs> you didn't think so? I thought it was good. I thought it was a little silly. I, I mean, oh, I liked it. I, I know. And that's cool. Like, you know, I, I get that, but um, I know I was getting vibes of, um, I mean, there's so many subway movies or horror movies that have subway sequences in it. And one of them is final destination and the, the, Oh, the, the meat train. Uh, it's, you know, maybe it, I just haven't seen those. So it doesn't, those like, I don't have fair, fair, fair. fair. Point. Um, it wasn't bad, but it just felt like very, force i don't know because they had the two guys walk down first that looked like they would bully them because they looked like they were gay and then the the you know the um the uh mentally different um woman uh, um, who who is saying things like um i have i wrote down what well, you, did you say what she you said just, something something evil's coming something's coming for you and i was like was this real or was this hallucinated Right. So the whole incident on the subway, I get that that happens for sure. I get that happens. But it was so affected that it was a little too much for me. It's like, oh, we haven't been scary in a minute. Let's uh, let's let's be scary for a second. Let's have a serious sequence. Fair enough. I I, I get it. Um, I did enjoy it, but I understand why you did not. Uh, We're so polite. (laughs) You know, pleasant disagreements. Exactly. and then we move into the night, which there's a lot of stuff happening. People are going to different parties. So Gino and Patrick um, are deciding, and it, it's worth pointing out that Gino doesn't directly call out Patrick, what he learned about Patrick, at the, like right away. He's like pushing, him like, oh, it. we mm-hmm. should go to a leather bar to investigate. Um, so he pushes them a little bit there. So they're going out to a leather bar to investigate. Um, at a different rowdy leather bar, a young man who we come to know as Stu gets a drink bot for him um though the smartly wisely does not drink it doesn't drink it but but out on the street maybe perhaps less wisely he picks up a random payphone where he gets invited to have some fun at an address uh it sounds like sam on the phone who would do right? this we yeah. Who is. yeah um and he invites him to a basement address basically so off goes Stu to his adventure. And then finally, we have Morris and Adam who arrive at the warehouse party. Coke is ubiquitous. Um, and Pretty I huge. think we even see, I'm pretty sure we see a cat licking Coke out of a martini glass. Uh, that's what I think. <laughs> was that, I uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> um, and the music at the beginning is just like, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's entertaining is what it is. Well, it's the it's the one performance artist who's like- It's in the a performance artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing his thing. And as soon as they walk in and I heard that, I was like, oh, I've been to a, um, something like this before. Not in New York, but uh, it's interesting. It is interesting. And we have kind of the guy in the Tory wig who yeah. gives the whole spiel. He calls Morris up to the stage. Um, and he he injects something into his hand before giving quite a month. Like, did you catch on to what he was injecting? I did not. I have no. I don't know what that is. Yeah. 
And we don't know who this actor is, right? I, I mean, I couldn't decipher it based on the people in our preview who... I who think the... he is an also a Broadway actor, but I'm, I don't know who it is. It would seem so. It would seem so. But in terms of our like list of people we went through in the preview, um, it wasn't somebody I had written down. So yeah. for what that's worth. Um, but anyway, it's, it's kind of, I mean, the party is kind of cool. I think it's shot really interestingly. So props to Max yeah. for that. Um, and then there's a point at which the guy in the wig points at Adam and tells him that something is coming. So we kind of see this, Adam starting to Multiple absorb these times. vibes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I like, it's, it's unclear whether or not this is in Adam's head or if this is really, people are really saying that like happening. At least we, we know the one on the subways in his head. So I think we can start to imagine that like, he's a little, it's almost like a little bit of paranoia, I think at this point. Yeah. And he seems like a, I mean, he's not a teetotaler, but he's he's not a druggy guy. He's not like he's a pretty straight laced, seemingly like a Midwest guy that moved to New York because he was gay to be able to live his life. Yeah, and we get a little bit of that too when him and Theo leave the party because they have, kind of have this back and forth where yeah. Adam's kind of pressing Theo about like why he has so much sex and it's promiscuity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, can't we just go get a drink? Um, and so there's kind of a little bit of like it's different cute. perspective. I, I want them to work out. Like I like them together. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they've got some chemistry. Definitely more chemistry than Theo has with Sam. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I would say I really do like Theo. He seems okay. He's got some stuff he'll work out. I I, I would be worried if he died. Um, and I, I think, I, I do feel like I like Adam. He seems like a really just nice kid, you know? I like Adam too, yeah. He's not very you know, robust as a character, but that's not what he's supposed to be. Like, he's kind of like your nice guy. Yeah, he's he's uh, your straight man, um, yeah. ironically. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ironic language there and how that's been used in the past. But <laughs> you, you, um, so uh, Gino and Pat, let's go over to them. They arrive at the leather bar where bandanas hang on a wall uh, where you kind of get a, to choose your- you know, Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure, exactly. Um, in the bar, we see Ayana, play, who's Rebecca Dayan, mm-hmm. um, who people will remember from Death Valley last season of American Horror Story, also in American Horror Stories this season. Yep. She seems to be kind of the general manager of the bar. Um, so they're kind of, and she knows they're kind of there spotting up to learn about what's happening with the killer. Uh, at the bar, Pat turns down a kind of um, advance from a bigger guy with a mustache. Um and this is when Gino calls him out about potentially not being sincere um, about not knowing about like the handkerchiefs and the gay culture and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, meanwhile, we see our friend with the mustache who tried to hit on Patrick uh, get a Mai Tai bought for him. And if we remember back to episode one, Do it was Dennis those. O'Hara's character, Henry, that said Mai Tais are the tool of choice for this particular killer. But instead of a Mai Tai, in this case, being drugged, um, he buys the guy a Mai Tai, uh, and it seems like it's potentially the same person who had kidnapped Gino, I think, right? It, I, it, yeah, it for sure was um, Mr. Whiteley. It seemed like tall, you know, yeah, yeah, same, same voice. So, yeah, but then he pretty dangerous, like pretty stabbed him right in the neck there. Um, I was like, I don't know, that was, that was like exposing himself a little bit, you'd think. Um, um yeah I, I mean a very crowded bar like if you did it really quickly and no one's like i don't know I, i've seen it in i've seen it in movies i haven't seen it in real life well you know. and they did it in um scream uh, too 
uh, Killing Eve. I think it was one of the first two Ooh. seasons. Someone yeah, you just go in and... did you did you watch that show? Uh, I watched the first season. I don't remember if it was season. It might have been season one where someone gets killed in the middle of a night, like a dance club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the flight attendant. They did it. I think toward the end of season two. In like, a... oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. I haven't watched season two yet. Okay. No spoilers. Just say <laughs> crowded areas. It's easy to just go up to someone real quick and go like right, like in a in a spot and walk yeah. away, and no one knows the the no one's the wiser. Right. So there. So basically, Gino and Patrick's honest conversation gets interrupted by obviously this horrible bug that happens. Um, and then, you know, let's see a couple of different things happen in quick well, sequence here. Two of, two of the, what were you going to say? I was say, then we go to Hannah Wells, the doctor who gets the call from Fran. I think that's what happens next, right? Yeah. She gets, she gets a call from Fran. There's some information. She's like, I know what's happening with the patients and the, and the deer. Right. Well, and so I believe she goes to the park. I think she sees big daddy again, right? Yes. And then near the equestrian statue. Then she meets Fran, who says that basically the disease is coming from the U.S. government. So that's a like real <laughs> conspiracy theory, right? Is that HIV was some kind of yes in a, la- and I mean, in a lab from the government situation? Yeah. As soon as she said it's coming from the U.S. government, I was like, oh god, can we not do another government um, conspiracy theory? Regardless of if it was like rooted in the, uh, a real theory in the early '80s slash more like mid '80s, ninety or to late '80s. I just we just got through um Death Valley and I just don't want any more government stuff going on. Not that it not that it's not warranted to just have that conversation about how like that was around there, but I was as soon as that came out, I was like, no, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I agree with you that when I it was like a flag was up that's like, oh, I mean, I hope this is handled in a way that is like not gonna throw the story off the rails or anything yeah. like that. So as long as there's no aliens right i feel like aliens no aliens i'm like let's not meet the president in this and you know any of that stuff let's let's keep this new york base and just make it a simple story exactly um a couple other things too we see two of the artists walking home from the warehouse party and they have some kind of sixth sense that something's following them following them they don't see it but it also appears to be big daddy and we see big daddy one more time near the end here uh apparently guarding sam's front door of his condo um doesn't even acknowledge him he goes into the house unlocks the secret door down to the basement where poor Stu, who opened who you know took the call on the payphone is trapped in a cage um this felt a little bit like a dr threadson homage to me like keeping Sam. i wrote the, the same basement. thing i was like dr threadson vibes bloody faces back uh-huh and he's into some dark shit sam is um we already knew that he wanted to keep some of those dark dirty photos from last episode for himself uh yeah. since like maybe he's making some of his own um in the middle of the night back at their condo patrick and gino both can't sleep uh it seems like finally gino's gonna be able to have this honest conversation with patrick about his secrets when of course the phone conveniently rings again so we don't get any answers um yep. Taking Patrick to a crime scene. And this is where you get that spinning camera that you were complimenting previously. And we end the episode by seeing the hands of six different victims hung on, I believe, hooks from a chain. And we stopped there. Was Pretty it risky. six or five? I thought it was six because I, I thought I counted it a couple of times. Oh, okay. If you count, yeah, I just counted one time. So I, I made this one. Um, I've got a couple questions for you here. First one is, is Big Daddy real? 
I don't know. I don't think so because Big Daddy has apparently also is the doorman for Sam's house. So I don't, I don't. And I think he shows up in, I don't think he's a physical person. I think he's a, a metaphor for something, but also represented in different people's lives at certain moments when they are not in a good spot, perhaps, um, maybe medically. <laughs> um, I, I, which the, the one thing that threw me off was when Dr. Hannah saw yeah. uh, Big Daddy. That was the weird one to me. She's and also a, when he chases, he like physically chases Sully in Central Park in episode one too. Right, right. But I wonder if that's going to be some misunderstanding I, I, or or uh, just a, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not clear. But I'm not banking him on being an actual physical serial killer. I think there's either someone else killing people um, beyond AIDS or HIV. But um, I also think that he, or uh, Big Daddy, has appeared multiple times as a bouncer in a way in in yeah. different locations. So well, and the way he's being ignored by Sam makes it seem like he's like he, he's not really seeing him and he's not right. really there. Right. Right. Yeah. Um other question for you is Patrick, how deep do Patrick's secrets go? I know. So it's like, is he actually a good guy or is he a bad guy who has some stuff? Um I think he I really like him right now, but I think he's going to try to be a bad guy. Uh, I was going to say, I, I like him too. And I feel like they made me like, like I, I believe him. Like when he talks to Adam and says that he's like trying to do the good work here. And I believe his yeah. relationship with Gino. I, I know he's saying is, all the right things. Like he's... Uh, Maybe this is just like Russell Toby being a good actor, but I'm like, I really don't want him to be a bad guy. You know, I don't either. I don't either. I would, I would like it to get spun back that he's actually is a good guy. Um, we're obviously going to lose some of these characters throughout this via death, but um, yeah, I don't. That's a good I, question. Who who are we going to lose first? Well, we almost lost Gino, and thank God we did because he's so far as my MVP. I'm really I, liking uh, that actor, who's also yeah, a director I, in real life. I was looking him up, you know. Yeah, he he's doing a great job. Yep. Um, I, I mean, out of our main characters. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna hang. It doesn't have to be main characters. It could be. It could be any of the characters. I'm thinking we could because Freddie. My guess is either or Stu. Stu. Stu's dead. Well, Stu's definitely. Dead. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say between. I think it's either gonna be. I think you were onto something when you said maybe Theo and also Morris. Yeah. I feel like is might not be long for this world either. Yeah. I think we'll hang on to Sam for a couple more episodes, but he might die soon also. Cause I'm trying to think of also like, if you're writing this story, what death would set off a different chain of events for a lot of the characters. We need a few more of the characters to come together in the next episode or two, where they're a little more intertwined. And then when one of them dies, then it sets people off on a different trajectory. Yeah. You know, I think about like when, that it's not a spoiler at this point, but like Game of Thrones, when Ned Stark died in the in the finale or the, in the first season, like that sent all his children off because of that, like in different worlds, and like then we had like seven different narratives happening and yeah. exploring. So if you're writing this story, when someone dies, you need it to there. There needs to be a reason behind the death. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be death just because it's fun, and it needs to set things off 
for other characters. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? Who's going to die first? Theo? No, I think Theo's got to stay around long enough for him and Sam? Adam to have a little bit more of a relationship. Um, maybe. Maybe. I do feel like they might want to keep Zachary Quinto on for a little bit longer, though. I'm going to say Morris is my guess for the person who dies first. Wait, who's Morris again? He's the artist, the dancer artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe we just we already, met him. Yeah. Because we already, I know, but we already know, like, the artists are kind of being targeted yeah. a little bit. And, True. Um, I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. He seems vulnerable. He's, like, all about kind of going to these parties. And he's, like, I think he says something to Adam, like, um, I, I don't remember the exact answer. It's like if you if you weren't going to be promiscuous, then you shouldn't have been gay or something like that, right? Oh, so yeah. like, oh monogamous, he, yeah, monogamous, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like he's like yeah. out there ready to have a good time, you know. And like clearly, if you listen to like things Patrick's saying, it's like it's a dangerous world out there right now. So Morris yeah. just seems like a nice guy who could be putting himself in. I mean, so is Theo too, putting himself in potentially dangerous situations, right? Um. Yeah, okay, so what did you think of this episode, which again was called um, something. Thank you for your service. Or thank you for your service. I liked it. It was fine. I put it right on par with what we just watched in the first episode. I think things are moving along. Um, I really, the only time that I, I kind of jolted was when uh, Fran suggested that the U.S. government's involved, and I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole um we've been down there and that's not what i want right now i want to i want a murder mystery in new york city in 1981 that's what i want and i like that so i give this four uh uh my ties so i'm gonna go the other way as you and i'm gonna bump mine up to a 4.5 oh wow okay here's the here's the reason is it was max winkler's directing i feel like bumped it up a quarter point he's Uh, great yeah he's good and i felt like the the camera work um push this one up even a little bit more for me um i thought the scene in the warehouse was really fun at that party there yeah that was cool i thought a couple of the couple of the scenes of the leather bars were pretty fun too um and the kind of intro scene i really liked as well with kind of the vacuuming anal retentive syrup <laughs> yep and so there's a lot of good stuff going on um i think i'm i'm hooked on the story uh i want to see where it goes i like all of our characters still and yeah i'm looking forward to next week already did you watch the preview? It was hard to find anything, decide anything, di- or distinguish anything that happened. I saw like a, a glimpse of it before. Um, it doesn't tell us anything. Right. Yeah. So, um, which is fine. I don't Ugh. want it to tell us too much. You know, I want it to be a surprise. Me too. Yeah. All right. I got to pee. Uh, sounds good. It's 2 30 a.m. at my time. I appreciate everybody for hanging with us. Um, as always, please email us what you guys thought of the first two episodes, uh, or the fr- or you know, this, yeah, this whatever you want. Order at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com and of course at facebook.com/slash thisamericanhorrorstory. Chris, where can people find you between now and uh, our double episode next week? <laughs> I'll be on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Hustead, Chris with the K. What about you, Tyler? You can find me uh, on those same places at tjmoss11. I hope you all have an awesome week. Thanks for joining us, and until then, happy hunting.